Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Remember, if you want to get hold of me, I don't even care if you send me a snitty email. I am an adult. I do lots of adulting so I can handle it. You can send those along to Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com. You can also harass me at Parlor for those of you who are on that app, that social media platform. My handle there is at Miller Frost. So fire away. I can, uh, I have my adult pants on today and I can handle it. So bring it on. Man, I can't believe this weekend, White Boy Malcolm X. I cannot believe this weekend is flying by like it is. I don't even know what happened yesterday. It was all a bit of a blur, but here we are on a Sunday afternoon cranking out another one of these podcasts. And oh, before I forget, I did hear, White Boy Malcolm X, I did hear from our summit mistress in Colorado. She was, uh, she sent me an email of all things. Normally she just texts, but she sent me an email because she wanted clarification on what gender nonconforming was. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. She was like, I can't keep up with all that. And I'm like, you think I can? Welcome to my world. I got to deal with this twice a week, every week. And I mean, she listens to the show, so she does as well, but I'm like, I, I can't describe it. I don't know. There's so many genders and sexual orientations these days. I just cannot keep up. She loves the White Boy Malcolm X. She does love queens with clipboards. And I don't know if I have any queens with clipboards on this podcast. We'll see, but she does love those, and she also does enjoy hearing about rapey kangaroos. I don't know what's going on with that. I'll have to investigate that further, but she does enjoy listening about rapey kangaroos. And our Wednesday show, about a week and a half ago, I think that was the uh, third or fourth, I can't remember, counting back quickly in my head, she said that I was on fire that day. She was laughing. She asked if I was drinking. And I was like, uh, no, I don't drink until after the show. This is all, this is me sober, folks. I promise you that. But I was on fire, White Boy Malcolm X. No, she was not calling me a flaming queen. God. On fire does not mean flaming queen. Although I can see see where that uh, that confusion might fall. But anyway, let's move on. I do have a couple of random asides before we get to our news quick hits. First, I hope everyone remember to turn your clocks forward. I know it seems like yesterday when we turned them back, but guess what? We're doing it again. Set those clocks back an hour ahead if you have not done that already. For you millennials out there, and I know my millennials are out there listening and getting angry and getting really butthurt because I like to crack jokes. Well, here's another one for you. Just to let you know, I had my Dunkin' Donuts app open the other day. I was getting myself a delicious black coffee, and I hit the special offers button just to kind of see what special offers they might have. And 
This obviously does not interest me, but it does dovetail nicely to a story we had about two weeks ago. And for you millennials out there, you pajama boy virgin men in your mother's basement, you woke white women out there working hard for BLM and rioting, just to let you know if you have the Dunkin' Donuts app, you can earn two times the points on avocado toast and matcha lattes through the 23rd of this month. So, which I think is disgusting, but if you want those, you have about nine more days to get that out of your system with two times the points. And for everyone else, I would say stay away from a Dunkin' Donuts because as I say regularly, the last place I ever want to be is behind a millennial in line at Starbucks or even now Dunkin' Donuts, getting behind them and listening to them order their special lattes, their iced coffees, and their stupid avocado toast, because every millennial in line will cost you at least, at least one minute of your life if you're lucky. So just to warn you folks, arrogance has brought me low. And if you're like, Miller, Miller, what do you mean arrogance has brought you low? How has that happened? Well, folks, I come to this podcast and I like to kind of, well, it is, it's arrogance. I brag about how the Lord generally has just been giving me lately. Usually the Lord giveth, but the Lord also taketh away, but the Lord has just been giving. And so last Wednesday's podcast, he gave me an extra amount of good stuff. So I had not one, but two smoking gun stories out of Florida, two human train wrecks out of Florida. Yes, I know that's redundant. And, and the Lord also giveth me two teacher bait stories, right? So I had Four really good stories, two teacher bait stories, two Florida smoking gun stories. And life was perfect. And I was so happy because the Lord giveth and giveth and giveth and he taketh nothing from me, right? Unfortunately, the Lord hath taken, (laughs) he took from me this time because folks, I do not have a smoking gun story to end this podcast with. I do have, oddly enough, I do have a smoking gun story in the news quick hits, but I do not have a smoking gun story to end this podcast with. So if you were Tuning in just for that, I'm sorry, stay tuned. I'm sure there will be something on Wednesday. And my last random aside, screw you, Apple, part three. And if you're not sure what part one and part two were, well, folks, Apple has suddenly put on my Apple Watch this thing called Time to Walk. And so I do my exercise thing and I hit the little androgynous character. I don't know if it's a man or a woman or a non-binary character, but I hit the little exercise button and I normally select like, you know, treadmill or outdoor walk or whatever. But right there, front and center, right when you hit that icon is this thing called time to walk. And so the first week was Anderson Cooper. Myth Cooper was on my watch and I came on to this podcast and I said, Apple, you virgin woke pajama boys, get him, get that queen off my watch. They did. But then they put on this woman, Min Jin Lee. She was on my watch. So she has her own little time to walk. I'm like, what the hell is this? I didn't even know who she was. So I went and I Googled her. And lo and behold, she is some leftist writer because on her website, on the front page, are two big shout outs to her. And one is from Barack Obama and one is from the New York Times. So that is woke and left. And I'm like, who is this chick? So now I got to deal with her. And then I finally figured it out, folks. I finally figured out the reason I am getting time to walk is because I subscribe to Apple Plus because I'm already paying for the high storage and I'm already paying for Apple Music. So I thought it would be a smarter financial deal to just go ahead and I now get the News Plus as well. But I also get their Exercise Plus. And this is built into that Exercise Plus package, these stupid time to walk things. 
And I found this on my iPhone. I found out exactly where this resides. So I now have a full list of all these time to walk. So for you folks that have Apple Plus who have access to Fitness Plus on your iPhone or your Apple Watch, I wanted to give you, this is a public service warning of sorts, I wanted to give you a heads up, a trigger warning on who besides Miss Cooper and Min Jin Lee are in your future. And I didn't write down the entire list, but just to give you a flavor on who else is coming for Time to Walk, you have Bubba Wallace, who I believe is in NASCAR. I think his claim to fame I don't know how many races he wins, but there was that fake noose incident where there was a rope tied up and it looked like a noose and everyone soiled their pants because they thought it was symbolic. There was racism in NASCAR, all those rednecks and their Confederate flags, and someone went into Bubba Wallace's garage and hung a noose. Lo and behold, it was not a noose, but how many people know that part of the story, right? (laughs) Ibram X. Kendi, the wokest of the woke He is also on time to walk, so I can only imagine, folks, what that's like. I'll put that in. I'll let you know. I should try that out. It's probably 36 minutes of, you are a racist. You are loathsome. You are a white pig fascist who only wants to oppress black people and their capital B black people, so you really want to oppress them extra hard. (laughs) That is what I suspect Ibram X. Kendi's time to walk is. Here's one for you, white boy Malcolm X. Sean Mendez. That's that. Uh, that's that Twinkie Canadian singer, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know what he's talking about for 36 minutes on time to walk, but I can only imagine. I'm sure he's a nice kid. Don't mean to disparage him. He's a cute kid. I mean, I don't know how old he is. Probably early 20s. Not my type, but cute kid. I would say he can't sing, but he can sing better than I can. So. I'm not going to disparage him on that front either. I'm sure it's interesting. But this is the one, folks. This one I actually will listen to and I will report back. Dolly Parton. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X. Dolly Parton. She's got time to walk. I haven't had time to listen to her, but maybe tomorrow morning I will put that in. I will see what Dolly Parton has to say during Time to Walk. And I will report back for our Wednesday podcast. But uh, there is an interesting hodgepodge of folks there, but I'm still going to say screw you, Apple, because I didn't ask for it, and I want it off my damn watch in total. But you can leave Dolly Parton on there. Everyone else, out of there. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. First, we have two, not one, but two birthday shout-outs. First, happy 75th birthday to Liza Minnelli. She turned, folks, she turned 75 years old on Friday, and we love Liza Minnelli because we are good gays. (laughs) All the queens love Liza Minnelli, and we do as well. And speaking of queens, folks, Ken of Ken and Barbie. Ken turned 60. And this is from Fox News. Here are a couple pull quotes for you. They actually wrote an article about the Ken doll turning 60. Ken, much like Barbie, has always been a reflector of the times that he lives in, said Robert Best, Barbie Senior Director of Design at Mattel. The original clean-cut 60s version of Ken became much groovier over the first decade. I would say Ken is a good friend and a best friend, a supportive best friend to the Barbie doll best set. And I don't know about you, white boy Malcolm X, but nothing says queen (laughs) or gay doll like that. He is a good friend and a best friend. I thought those two were together, but I guess not. If he's her best friend, her supportive friend, that is her gay friend. (laughs) I don't know what's going on with Barbie. She is woke, though. We did have an article a couple months back about how Barbie went woke. 
but I guess Ken is still her good friend. A little disappointed in her that her best BFF is a white man, but I guess he is in the LGBTQ plus community, so I guess it's not nearly as bad if she just had a hetero white male because we don't want that. Woke Barbie does not need a white friend. She needs more BIPOC friends, if anything, in her lovely Malibu house. That godforsaken Corvette. Those dolls just need to be put to pasture, if you ask me. This is from Breitbart, and this is a follow-up story, another follow-up story for us. Emily Ratajowski gives birth to genderless baby. And the story we had was Emily and her dopey husband, his name is Sebastian Bear McClard, they decided, or she probably decided, and he's like, oh, okay, honey, whatever you want. I'll, I'll go along with it. Okay, can, can we have sex again? You know, she um, she decided that the child would pick its own gender at 18. And we did have the uh, inquiry whether if the kid came to her at 8, if she would send it back. <laughs> can't say it's him. Can't send him or her back to back to the room. It or they. Send them back to their room Say, no, I don't want to hear about this until you're 18 years old. But she apparently has given birth to that thing that we don't know its gender, but it is called Sylvester Apollo Bear. So it hints at being a male, but you never know with that kid. He could come out and say that he is non-binary or, you know, bi-gender or agender or something gender, but he is not a male, but the name is Sylvester Apollo Bear. So probably a female. (laughs) Who knows? Who cares? From the UK Sun, Mumford and Sons kick Winston Marshall out of band after tweet supporting right-wing pundit. And I tell you what, White by Malcolm X, nothing reminds me of Denver and Colorado more than Mumford and Sons, because I think every hipster millennial that lives in the metro Denver area always had Mumford and Sons cranking <laughs> Somewhere. They were everywhere when I was living out in Colorado. But they kicked this guy out. He was the banjo player. Apparently, Winston congratulated. Here's a pull quote, by the way, from the UK Sun. Winston congratulated Andy Ngo for his new book, Unmasked, Inside Antifa's Radical Plan to Destroy Democracy. And Andy has been doing amazing reporting out in the Portland area about all these Antifa riots and all the things that they are basically getting away with. And they they are threatening that poor guy's life. He has death threats all the time for reporting on this stuff. And they actually had published that book and they were putting it in a Portland bookstore and they had to pull the book because Antifa was going to burn that bookstore down if they didn't pull that book. So Winston got himself in a little bit of trouble for congratulating Andy on his new book, calling him, also calling him a brave man. And so those folks at Mumford & Son, those leftists, those intolerant leftist band members of his, threw his ass out of that band for that. So out you go, Winston. I hope those residual checks continue to come in, though. This next one is from National Geographic. And I, folks, I have no idea what is going on with National Geographic. They're going woke, apparently. And we had a couple of stories uh, a few weeks back, a month or two back, where Consumer Reports has been going woke. So they're not, you would think Consumer Reports, they just you know, rate, I don't know, cameras and printers and computers and cars and all this stuff. No, no, folks. They also have woke articles as well. So they had a whole article we read here on this podcast about black people, capital B black people, so you know they're real black people, about black people in the photography community. And they didn't even rate any cameras. 
or camera equipment, which is this whole woke article about racism in the camera community. And that was Consumer Reports, and they had a couple of those type of articles. And so National Geographic, we mentioned this last week on the Wednesday podcast, we were talking about the coup attempt to overthrow the U.S. government with no guns. They all forgot guns. (laughs) They showed up to this uh, coup attempt, and everyone forgot their guns. And National Geographic was one of those odd news outlets that actually reported on that. And their headline for that was, The Day We Watched a Coup Attempt in America. And in my day, folks, National Geographic was about geography, and they would go to all these different places. They had, like, Antarctica, and they would do these big, massive photo spreads on Antarctica. And I remember back in the, I think it was the 80s, and they would have similar articles on Africa. So they would go to a certain region of Africa, and they would take pictures, and they would talk about the different regions of Africa. And they would, I remember back in the day, it was kind of scandalous, where they would show women with their breasts, right? And that was uh, kind of scandalous back in the 80s, the Tipper Gore era. (laughs) But they would show those pictures And that was what National Geographic was, though. It would go around and it would show different areas of the world and it would show different cultures of the world. But now they've gone woke. They start talking about coup attempts. And this week's headline, Oregon wants legally banned black people. Has the state reconciled its racist past? So even National Geographic, they are talking about race. And so when I say, folks, race is everywhere, I mean it. It is (laughs) literally, it is everywhere. It is even in National Geographic these days, so... I guess Computing Magazine is next. This is my smoking gun story that I hinted at earlier. Sex a no-no for teacher named Bobo. So yes, folks, it is It is kind of a teacher bait story, but I'm not going to read it because it's an old teacher bait story. It's from the 21st of November. I don't know how I missed that story, but once I read this pull quote, it will make perfect sense. Meet Deanna Bobo. The 37-year-old Arkansas woman is the 3,496th teacher to be arrested this year on charges that she had sex with an underage student, in this case, a 14-year-old boy. Bobo, a special ed teacher at Raymond E. Wells Jr. High School, is facing a felony sexual assault count for her alleged encounters earlier this year with the student. And so, folks, no wonder I missed it because these things are so frequent. 3,000 496 arrests up to late November of teachers enjoying that teacher bait, looking at those kids going, nom, 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 nom. I want that, I want that delicious teacher bait. <laughs> 3,496 times they got arrested. Now, the question I have to ask is, how many teachers are banging their students and actually getting away with it, right? Because we have about 3,500 students last year, and that was just through late November, banging their students. And this is a year, folks, when students and teachers are generally separated, right? The kids are at home doing the Zoom thing. The teachers, God knows where she is doing the Zoom thing, complaining about because she doesn't want to go back to school because she ain't got her COVID vaccine shot yet. And so the teacher and the students are separated for most of the last year, and they're still finding the energy and the time and the location to bang these kids 3,500 times. So I'm wondering how many How many teachers are enjoying that delicious teacher bait? Delicious to them, not to me. What do I always say? You never get a boy to do a man's job. But how many of these teachers are banging students we have not arrested, we have not caught, we have not charged with felonies and thrown their asses in jail? But I'm going to keep an eye on this, folks. I want to know how many of these pervert teachers we arrest this year once the kids get back into school. You teachers, I'm serious. You need to quit. Put down the child. Stop it. Go find an adult to do that with. This is from Bloomberg. 
Parler blocked on Apple's App Store after Capital Riot review. And here are some pull quotes from that. When it initially removed Parler from the App Store in January, Apple asked the social network to change its moderation practices. Apple said Parler's new community guidelines, released when the service came back online February 15th, were insufficient to comply with the App Store rules. And this continues, After having reviewed the new information, we do not believe these changes are sufficient to comply with App Store review guidelines, Apple wrote to Parler's chief policy officer on February 25th. There is no place for hateful, racist, discriminatory content on the App Store. And so, I don't know about you folks, but to you woke virgin pajama boys over at Apple, have you ever been on Twitter? (laughs) The amount of hateful, racist, and discriminatory content on Twitter alone should have had you throw them off before Parler, but I guess Twitter is part of the woke collective there, so I guess they are safe to have all sorts of nut jobs on their platforms saying horrible things, but I guess Parler is not exempt from that. New York Post. Organization says sharing Oprah interview memes is digital blackface. And so folks, if you don't know what a meme is, it's basically where you take a picture of something and you just put a little caption there that may or may not have to do with what's actually going on. So, for example, let's say you have Oprah Winfrey there and she is interviewing that dopey ginger Prince Harry and his stupid, vapid fame whore of a wife, Meghan Merkel, right? You have the three of them there and you put this little caption, what happens when you try to stay relevant, right? That's kind of a meme because it's true, right? But it's not exactly what was going on there, but it kind of was, right? The three of them are trying to stay relevant. So that's kind of a meme. That's not maybe the best example of a meme, but that is a meme. But I guess that's also digital blackface. (laughs) For me to do that, and here are a couple of pull quotes from that. Non-black people should not spread Oprah Winfrey memes from the Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview because that's supporting digital blackface, a nonprofit organization is complaining. The Slow Factory Foundation, which is dedicated to social and environmental justice. And what do I tell you folks whenever you see the word justice? Somebody's getting screwed. Issued the warning on its Instagram page Tuesday saying digital blackface is an online phenomenon where white and non-black people share images of black people to express emotion. So I am assuming that if they are talking about white and non-black people, they mean Hispanic and Asian and Native Americans and all other sorts of folks that are using black images, black people in in their memes. And so that, folks, if you do that, that is digital blackface. That is racist. Do not do that. So If you take the Oprah Winfrey meme with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and you try to put something down there, you are a racist and are abusing her with digital blackface. From Campus Reform, UC Berkeley unveils plan for racial quota. Hmm, who couldn't see that one coming? Here are a couple pull quotes from that. The University of California, Berkeley, is on its way to becoming a Hispanic-serving institution, which means that at least 25% of undergraduate students identify as... What the hell is that word? Chicanx, C-H-I-C-A-N-X. I I don't know how to pronounce that at all. And Latinx. Well, I know about Latinx, folks, because the only people that use the word Latinx are snooty white liberals. UC Berkeley's Chancellor Carol Christ, who no doubt, folks, is a snooty white liberal, announced in August 2018 her intention to set the UC Berkeley campus on a journey to become an HSI by 2027, according to the Chancellor's Task Force on Becoming a Hispanic-Serving Institutions Report, published in December 2020. 
The report states that Christ would like to see 25% of undergraduate students self-identify as Jacant's Latinx by 2027. And I was actually about to feel bad because if you look at the UC Berkeley demographics, 29% of those at UC Berkeley are Asian. So again, you Asian folks who think you're just going to slide in (laughs) as a minority and let them take down Whitey and you get in, you are wrong. That is not going to happen. But uh, yeah, 29% are Asian, 28.6% are white. And those are, you know, those racist folks. 13.5% are Hispanic or Latino, and they do want to get that to 25%. And only 1.98% are capital B Black or African American. So they are focused. This Carol Christ is focused on getting that up a bit. But the good news, like I said, the good news is I was about to get worried, but it says all you have to do is self-identify. So if you are an Asian out there, you know, you have just excelled beyond belief. You have a perfect 4.0 GPA or 4 point whatever they give these days. You have a perfect SAT score or whatever test you took these days, and you are ready to go in. You are ready to get accepted to UC Berkeley, but they deny you because they're going to cap the number of Asians at UC Berkeley because they got to let other folks in, right? So you are denied. Your application is denied because you are there are too many Asians. We can't have too many of those on the campus. What you can do, because what this report states you could do is you can identify as Latinx. All you have to do is to go to Carol Christ, and she's a snooty white liberal. So all you have to do is go, well, Chancellor Christ, well, I hope that's not offensive to you atheists out there, but you would go, Chancellor Christ, I identify as Latinx. And she'd be like, oh, Latinx, I know what Latinx is because I'm a snooty white liberal. Please, please come in. We need a, we need as many as you as possible. We need to get all these, get rid of these Asians. We'll just get rid of these Asians and these white people. Just get rid of them. We need to bring in more Latinx folks and be like, oh, okay, Whew. So he gets in, he slides in, and if everyone else knows he's Asian, doesn't matter because he identifies as Latinx. So he's good to go, or she is good to go, or they are good to go, depending on on their gender preference. Speaking of those dopey royals, Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel, this is from TMZ. BLM co-founder, boycott the royal family. They don't value black lives. (gasps) Heavens no. And here are a couple pull quotes from that. Black lives do not matter to the royal family, at least according to a co-founder of Black Lives Matter, who is now calling for a royal boycott. Opal Tometi, one of the originators of the BLM movement, tells TMZ, after hearing Meghan Markle's experience with racism within the royal family, people should no longer stand with the royals or the monarchy. And I'm sure I am not the only one out there wondering this, White Boy Malcolm X, I have no doubt you are as well, but what the hell? Does BLM have to do with the royal family? I mean, they are not involved in this in any way, shape, or form, but I guess they want to be involved because they are riding woke all the way to the bank. And I guess Opal Tometi assumes that if they can call the royal family racist, that they can uh, perhaps get more donations to BLM. I suppose the $90 million that BLM took in last year was not enough for his checkbook, for his checking account to have. He wants more. He wants to get paid more. So they, got, they need to ride that woke, like I said, all the way to the bank. And this is one way they're going to do it. The royal family is apparently racist. And please donate to BLM. I'll tell you what, White Boy Malcolm X, those rice hustlers, Opal Tometi and those BLM folks, they will stick their nose into anything. I don't care what the news story is. They'll be sticking their nose in there and screaming racist or racism about something or some to someone just, just so they can keep the, uh, the dream alive that they can get more money <laughs> to BLM donated to them. So let's go ahead and dig into our news stories. 
We do have gay at the front, but we do not have smoking gun at the back. And if that is upsetting to you or if you are butthurt about that, I would go ahead and turn off the podcast. Well, not really, because we still have a good show, folks. It's not smoking gun, but hey, I'm Miller Frost. I can make do. I don't care what the story is. We'll make it worth the wait. So this first story is from Queerty. And how's this headline? DC Comics announces Pride Anthology to celebrate its LGBTQ characters. So you queens out there, you LGBTQ comic book nerds, no doubt living in your parents' basement, (laughs) hanging out there, defiling yourself with your gay comic books, you got more on the way. DC Comics has announced numerous plans to commemorate Pride Month 2021. This will include an 80-page anthology, DC Pride, celebrating its LGBTQ characters and creators. DC Pride will feature characters from DC's ever-expanding universe, including Batwoman, I didn't know White Boy Malcolm X. Did you know that Batwoman is a lesbian? (laughs) Who knew? Renee Montoya, Alan Scott, Midnighter, Apollo, Extraño, Poison Ivy. No idea who any of these folks are. Harley Quinn, Constantine, among others. I I don't read comic books, folks. I'm looking at that going, who the hell are all these people? But you know who they forgot, White Boy Malcolm X? They forgot the Speed Queen, the Flash. They they did. I don't know if The Flash is gay. Now, I know the character or the actor or actress, I don't know, he's a non-binary. They are a non-binary person. His name is uh, Ezra Miller. They are non-binary, and they play The Flash. But I don't know if The Flash is non-binary or gay or whatever, but uh, the way he portrays The Flash, that thing is as gay as the, the day is long, but I guess not for the purposes of this DC Pride. It will also have full-page profiles of DC TV's LGBTQ characters and the actors who play them. It will feature the first appearance of Dreamer, a trans woman superhero, in a story written by actor Nicole Maines, who plays Nia Nall slash Dreamer on Supergirl. So not only does Supergirl have a lesbian on there, but they also have a trans woman superhero. So that, that could be the Star Trek discovery of DC comic shows, because... What do we say about Star Trek Discovery? It is the gayest show on television. That is the gayest ship in Starfleet. So apparently Supergirl is probably the gayest of these superhero television shows. Maines, an activist turned actor, is also trans herself. Well, duh. (laughs) No kidding. Of course you would. Of course you would have a trans person playing a trans character. You can't get anyone else to do that. I mean... You do have folks from time to time, you do have gay for pay, right? You have straight actors who play gay characters. But if you're going to have a transgender character, you better damn well have a trans person playing that character or you're going to get the transgender community really butthurt. And the last thing you want in your world is to have a angry transgender looking at you because they got all sorts of names they can call you if they're not happy with you. So like I said, I don't think there's trans for pay. They're not going to have any of that. You damn well better have a trans person playing a trans character. On top of this, so you you woke pajama boys and pajama gals and pajama non-binary folks in your parents' basement, you know, thinking, oh, oh, this is so good. All these DC comics, all this LGBTQ stuff. Folks, there's more. I got I got more for you. So if you have not finished defiling yourself, you just better hold off because I got more for you. On top of this, DC will also release nine, nine of them, pride-themed variant covers showcasing DC's leading characters through the month of June giving fans the opportunity to purchase comics featuring covers with Batman, Harley, Ivy, Superman, Wonder Woman, and more. And calm down, folks, because I got even more for you. Thirdly, between June... Can you believe this one, Malcolm X? Good God. 
DC Comics is going big. I'll tell you what. Thirdly, between June 2021 and January 2022, it will release an eight-issue miniseries, Crush and Lobo. Crush, who has previously featured as one of the Teen Titans, is a member of the LGBTQ community, so it's fitting to see the series launched in Pride Month. And if you're like, well, Miller, Miller, who is Crush? I've never heard of Crush. Well, first, you're a homophobic if you haven't heard of Crush. Everyone's heard of Crush. But if you haven't, just in case, Crush, starter of the Sarnian bounty hunter Lobo, is on full self-destruct mode, says DC in a statement about the series. After Rage quitting the Teen Titans and blowing up her relationship with her girlfriend Katie, Crush decides it's... Aw, Crush and Katie, how nice. Crush decides it's finally time to confront her father in space jail and get her baggage sorted before she wrecks everything. So that sounds like an absolute disaster, but for you... You comic book nerds out there, I'm sure it is orgasm material. Lastly, so this is it, folks. This is all that DC Comics is going to offer you, but that is, that's a lot. I mean, you queens out there should be thrilled beyond belief that you get all of this. But lastly, DC will also publish several comics with LGBTQ themes or storylines, including the Glad Media Award-nominated Suicide Squad, Bad Blood, on April 27th, Gothic LGBTQIA+, oh god, that's exhausting to read out, Romance Poison Ivy, Thorns on June 1st, and Mariko Tamaki and Yoshi Yoshitani's highly anticipated young adult graphic novel, I Am Not Starfire, on July 27th. That, White Boy Malcolm X, that is pretty progressive. That is pretty woke of them, those folks over at DC Comics. Look at all the gifts that they are giving to the LGBTQ plus community for Gay Pride Month in June. That is a lot, folks. I mean, I was, I would have been happy with maybe a third of that. Not that I'm a comic book nerd, but I would have been happy with maybe a third of that. And I'd be like, Phew, they're just giving us so much. I, I can't take it. But man, they kept piling on and piling on and piling on. They really wanted to show, show how progressive and caring they are to the LGBTQ community. But... I do have a question, and, you know, this might be cynical of me, but I am Gen X, right? And Gen X are known to be more cynical than most, and this might be very cynical of me to ask this, but the question I have to DC Comics is, or or about them, is how much bank do you think they expect to make off of all this pandering? Because let's face it, this article, this is a lot of pandering. I mean, they are going all out, folks, and then some, to shovel comic book after comic book after comic book at people, and they're doing these, uh, 80-page anthologies and all these different cover comics and all these other different storylines, and they're just rolling stuff out over and over and over again. I mean, I think this has to do with, and I know I'm a cynic, I just admitted it, right? I am pretty cynical human being, but I think that I'm not sure that this is actually, they mean well by this. I think they're just looking at this going, man, we can extort the crap out of these people. We'll just keep shoveling stupid comic books at them, give them more gay. The more gay, the more they'll pay, right? So, here you go, folks. Here are 30 different gay comic books and all those gay, you know, pajama boys down in their mother's basement. They'll be running out to the uh, local comic book store, grabbing them all up and buying every last day one of them. And those folks over at DC Comics are just going, counting all that money, going, man, this was a damn good idea. We got to do this again next year. And I know some of you folks out there, some of you LGBTQ folks are going, Miller, you're just a cynical homophobe. They're real. They really care about us. They really just want to show us how, how we are in the society and they want to make us feel more included and so they're being inclusive and, and it's so wonderful of them. And No, no, folks. That is not real. You are deluding yourself 
They are just in it for the money. They are not doing this to be socially, politically correct. And if they are, they are only being socially, politically correct to make more bank. <laughs> you people are the idiots. You are the useful idiots handing over your money for more dumb comic books. So figure that out, folks. you got to figure that out. Grow up and know that people don't do that just to be altruistic. They are doing it for more bank. But I tell you what, though, White Boy Michael Max, those queens don't care. They're going to hand that money over regardless. Anyway, from NBC News, how's this headline? Chicago suburb to become first city to give black residents reparations. And that's capital B black folks, so you know they're giving reparations to real black folks. A suburb of Chicago is setting a precedent for racial equality as it moves forward in becoming the first city in the country to fund reparations for its black residents, but some residents say it doesn't go far enough to truly be called reparations. And it never does, does it? Evanston. I have been to Evanston. I have lived in Chicago twice, so I have been up to Evanston. It is a shishi area of town, and it is full of dopey white liberals, so this does not surprise me in the least. Evanston, just north of Chicago, voted to approve a groundbreaking measure in 2019 in which the city would financially compensate its black residents to address the wealth and opportunity gaps they have experienced because of historical racism and discrimination. Using community donations and revenue from a 3% tax collected on the sale of recreational cannabis. Weed. Weed, folks. Weed is paying, because you know no one's given to community donations, so it's going to be a 3% tax on weed is going to pay for this. The city adopted a reparations fund and pledged to distribute $10 million over 10 years. Since then, Evanston officials have been putting together a plan to distribute the money, eventually deciding that the first 400000 will be dedicated to addressing housing needs. The city council is expected to vote March 22nd, so coming up here soon. But as officials prepare to move forward with a vote on the first phase of disbursements, some residents say more work is needed before the measure can be classified as true reparations. Reparations is the most appropriate legislative response to the historic practices and the contemporary conditions of the black community. And although many of the anti-black policies have been outlawed, many remain embedded in policy, including zoning and other government practices, said Robin Rue Simmons, an alderman in Evanston's Fifth Ward, who introduced the legislation. We are in a time in history where this nation more broadly has not only the will and awareness of why reparations is due, but the heart to advance it, Simmons said. And folks, if you think that Robin Rue Simmons is a dopey white liberal, you are wrong. <laughs> Robin Rue Simmons is black. She is capital B black. She is real black. She sits on the city council. And she is advocating for reparations to black people, which I find very convenient. So I don't know if she gets to line her own pocket with that, but it's kind of funny. If I got elected to city council in Boston, went down to Boston, got elected there, and I'd be like, we need to have gay reparations. We need to pay Queen's cocktails every Friday night. We give them a $50 bar tab every Friday night for ad infinitum, just every weekend, every Friday, just boom. That would be lining my own pocket. So I wonder if Robin Rue Simmons would also be lining her pocket if she gets some of that reparations cash. She's one out there complaining. It ain't enough. So you know that she's got her hand in there somewhere. And you weed smokers out there. You dope smokers in Evanston, Illinois, you folks that drive into Evanston and pick up the weed there, guess who gets to pay for it? You do. You are paying for reparations. And I know, folks, I know that the reason that they are picking on the weed smokers, why they're making them pay for it, is because they are either too stoned to notice or to even care about that guy. It's a bunch of millennial kids, white millennial kids 
in their mother's basements are paying for reparations for capital B black people in Evanston. You kids have fun with that. This is from UPI. Tennessee woman collects 16,000 Winnie the Pooh items. Yes, folks, Winnie the Pooh, 16,000 Winnie the Pooh items. Let's find out more about this. A Tennessee woman is seeking Guinness World Records recognition for her collection of Winnie the Pooh memorabilia, which includes more than 16,000 different items. Donna Fee of Elizabethton says she started collecting Pooh items 31 years ago when her son was only six months old and her collection of toys, miniature statues, dishware, posters, and other items soon numbered in the thousands. Right now, I can tell you the total is 16147 but we are getting more in every day, Fee told the Times News. Fee and her husband, Keith. <laughs> Poor Keith. Bless Keith's heart. I tell you what, he's probably going around going, yeah, my wife's the, she's the Winnie the Pooh check. <laughs> she likes to collect the Winnie the Pooh stuff. So I go to work at my paycheck and we buy more Pooh stuff. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, they are constantly on the lookout for new pieces to add to the collection. So I guarantee you it's her, and if he's doing it, he's only doing it so he can get laid. Donafi says she has contacted Guinness World Records, which lists the current record holder for the largest Winnie the Pooh collection at 14,314 items. So, yes, folks, Donafi is not the only partially insane person out there massively collecting Winnie the Pooh stuff. Someone else is out there, but they don't have nearly as much. She said she expects to hear back soon whether a representative will visit her home to verify her collection's world record status. <laughs> well, I would say that she probably should get herself a different hobby, but, uh, you know, folks, in all honesty, I guess there are worse things to collect than Winnie the Pooh items. Although, now that I think about it, um, you know, what happens, folks, if Winnie the Pooh gets canceled? And this woman... This Donna Fee is like the world record holder in Winnie the Pooh items, which will probably be labeled racist at some point. And she's there holding over 16,000 racist items in her house. She will be the head of the racist at that point in the state of Tennessee if that happens. And if you folks think I'm being crazy about that, well, look, I mean, so far, I don't know, this has been, what, a couple weeks already? We have had all these Dr. Seuss books canceled because they are racist. We had Pepe Le Pew. He was fired from Warner Brothers. They threw him off the lot. And I see also that they are going after Miss Piggy and Speedy Gonzalez. Now, Speedy Gonzalez, hey, that's an easy one. I can figure that one out. But Miss Piggy, and I'm like, how the hell could you cancel Miss Piggy? She is a woman. And how could you do that? But apparently, because she beats up on Kermit, she is a violent abuser. <laughs> so these idiots on Twitter are calling for the cancellation of Miss Piggy. So if you've got Dr. Seuss and Pepe Le Pew and Miss Piggy and Speedy Gonzalez, I mean, it is not a far stretch to cancel Winnie the Pooh. And if you look at Winnie the Pooh, it makes sense in some ways, right? So Winnie the Pooh is a teddy bear. And who has teddy bears, folks? White people have teddy bears, right? Because white privilege gives you a teddy bear. <laughs> it allows you to have things like teddy bears where the BIPOC folks don't have teddy bears, right? That is a white thing if there ever was one. Christopher Robin, he is a white kid. He is a white kid of privilege. This kid was from a wealthy family. So rich white kid with his special teddy bear and Tigger and Piglet and all that other stuff, this Winnie the Pooh stuff is completely racist in my book, and I completely understand. In fact, as woke as I am, and everyone knows how woke I am, and I am, let's face it, I am the most woke person that I know. I hereby call for the cancellation of Winnie the Pooh as another tenant of white supremacy. So I'm sorry, Donna, but I have to be woke on this. Burn all of your Winnie the Pooh stuff. It is racist.
Why don't you give that white boy Malcolm X a uh, a month, <laughs> maybe two? <laughs> Someone will hear it on the podcast go, yeah, yeah, that that woke Miller is right. Let's cancel Winnie the Pooh right after we get Miss Piggy. Down with Winnie. This is from the Post Millennial. <gasps> this is horrible. Listen to this, white boy Malcolm X. Sam Smith shut out of male and female Brit awards categories after declaring himself non-binary. <laughs> Sam Smith. So this queen, folks, he came out, she came out, they came out, and he was like, well, I am not male anymore. I am non-binary, so I want you to call me by my special pronouns. I have Sam Smith's special pronouns, and they are they, them, right? And so the Brit Awards were like, well, we can't put them in the males. We can't put them in the females. So you're not eligible. (laughs) Poor Sam, you are not getting an award. Let's find out more about what's going on here. Sam Smith, the world-famous singer who identifies, I don't know about that. (laughs) He's a singer, I don't know about world-famous, but who identifies as non-binary, won't be eligible for the gendered categories of Brit Awards this year since they only have male and female categories. Smith came out with their new gender identification in 2019 using the pronouns they, them, and their. So he came out to be a special pain in the ass, and it has bitten him on the ass in 2021. According to The Guardian, Smith said, The Brits have been an important part of my career. Music for me has always been about unification, not division. I look forward to a time where award shows can be reflective of the society we live in. Let's celebrate everyone regardless of gender, race, age, ability, sexuality, and class. So Sam is like, Bitches, you better find me a home or I'm going to just, I'm going to have a gay rage fit if you don't stop. However, a spokesperson for the Brit Awards, while agreeing with Sam on principle, indicated that it's not easy in real life. Sam is an extraordinary British artist, and we... Man, that is piling it on. I don't know who said this, but they are full of the BS. Sam is an extraordinary British artist, and we agree with what they have said today. The Brits are committed to evolving the show, and the gender categories are very much under review. But any changes made to be more inclusive need to be just that. If a change unintentionally leads to less inclusion, then it risks being counterproductive to diversity and equality. We need to consult more widely before changes are made to make sure we get it right. So in other words, let's translate that. We are going to take our good old sweet time getting around this because it is going to be a dumpster fire trying to figure out who goes where if they if they put that put that forward. Poor Sam. I mean, he did, folks. He did special pronoun himself out of an award. (laughs) But let's face it, they will. They will bend those award shows to have more gender categories, right? Because we've got all these different genders now, right? You can't just have male and female, right? You have transgender. You have agender. You have gender fluid. You have bigender. You have gender queer. You have questioning. You have all these different genders. So you can't just have the best male singer and the best uh, female singer. You can probably have like a best other category, right? So if you're not in the male, so Sam could go into the uh, the other category, right? You have male singers, female singers, and then other singers. So the fun part, the thing I think might be interesting, folks, now that I think about this, is that you've got this like other category now, right? So I guarantee you the Brit Awards are going to have to bend the knee at some point. They're going to have to create some other category because they can't exclude Sam Smith 
world famous singer. I couldn't tell you any of his songs, but apparently he's world famous, probably just for his funky pronouns, but he is still world famous. So they got to find a category to stick Sam Smith in. So they got to stick him in this other category, right? Male, female, and other. Sam's going in there, and all these other special pronoun people are going to go in there too, right? You got the gender queer folks, the bi gender folks, the gender fluid folks. They're all going to go in there as well, stuff them in there, and they're going to have an awards category, and they're going to have the next Brit Awards. They're going to name off the best lead male singer, the best female singer, and they're going to name off the best other singer, right? And they're going to pick, let's say, a bi-gender person. What's a bi-gender person? They're all, all the above, right? They're both genders. Technically, you could put them in both the male and the female, and you could put them up for both awards and see which one they win, right? But they're in the other category now, and they win. And then all of a sudden, some gender-fluid person's going to be like, well, why didn't you give it to a gender-fluid person? And then some gender-queer person's going to be like, well, why didn't you give it to a gender-queer person, right? And we talked about this the other week, right? Because we had the Miss America pageant or the Miss USA pageant, right? And they are blocking transgenders from being in there. And I said, what's going to happen? They are going to sue their way into this pageant, right? And so you're going to have cisgendered women and transgender women on the same stage. And the first time you give an award to a cisgendered woman, the transgenders are going to scream transphobia, right? That's what they're going to do. And what's going to happen to the Miss USA pageant is it will eventually evolve into a transgender beauty pageant or whatever they, whatever these shows are these days, right? Because you can't not give them the award because the moment you don't give them the award, they start screaming, well, you're a transphobic and you're a bigot and you're a turf and you're all these other names. They have all these names they throw at you, right? So if you're going to have an other category, right? And you don't give it to I don't know how you're going to do that, right? Because if you give it to Sam Smith, right, he is non-binary, right? But uh, some bi-gender person is going to get really butthurt about not winning the award. And so they're going to start screaming discrimination. They're going to start screaming, you know, whatever phobia a bi-gender person would be. (laughs) And so now all of a sudden the poor Brit Awards who had a male and a female and they give you other. Now they're all of a sudden they're going to have like 10 different gender categories, right? And so everyone's going to kind of fit in their own little thing. (laughs) Now this is the slippery slope we are on, folks. But uh, hey. There's no stopping it now, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. Although, White Boy Malcolm X, could you see like a, a gender-fluid person? <laughs> like, well, I identify as a, a male today. So they award this singer, this bi-gender singer in the male category, right? And it gets all the way to the award show day, and, and the male singer's like, well, since I am bi-gender, I, I'm feeling kind of like a female today. And they're like, oh, crap, what do we do, right? Because we uh, just nominated him, and we giving out these awards for the male. Now, all of a sudden, he's a female. What do we do? Do we move the award or what? So... They're going to have to create some sort of other category, but then mark my words, they're going to have to split the other category into another 10 different subcategories and that as well, because everyone's going to have to have their little, not only that, they have their special little pronouns and their special little genders, they're going to have to have their special awards categories. (laughs) That is next. From ESPN, Miami Heat's Myers Leonard fined $50,000 suspended for week for using anti-Semitic slur. Uh Uh-oh, somebody's in trouble. Miami Heat center Myers Leonard has been fined $50,000, suspended from the team's facilities, and banned from team activities for a week for the anti-Semitic slur he made while playing video games Monday. Leonard will also be required to participate in a cultural diversity program. Myers Leonard's comment was inexcusable and hurtful, and such an offensive term has no place in the NBA or in our society, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said in a statement. In a video that began circulating on social media Tuesday, Leonard can be heard saying, effing cowards, don't effing snipe me, you effing... Well, I don't know how to say that. Um, It rhymes with kite, K-I-T-E, but replace the T with something else and you get the the anti-Semitic slur, bitch. (laughs) So that's what he said. Effing cowards, don't effing snipe me, you effing blank bitch. 
By Tuesday evening, the Heat had announced Leonard would be away from the team indefinitely, and the center issued an apology in an Instagram post, writing in part, I promise to do better and know that my future actions will be more powerful than my use of this word. Silver said that on Wednesday, Leonard spoke with the Anti-Defamation League, an organization that was founded to fight anti-Semitism. Leonard's Mandatory Cultural Diversity Program is a multi-session course that provides cultural, racial, and sensitivity training. We accept that he is generally remorseful, Silver continued in a statement. (laughs) Yeah, right. We have further communicated to Myers that derogatory comments like this will not be tolerated, and he will be expected to uphold the core values of our league, equality, tolerance, inclusion, and respect at all times moving forward. (laughs) And if anyone believes that the NBA is all about equality, tolerance, inclusion, and respect, I got another thing coming for you. (laughs) Well, they can't be equal, right, folks? Because if you look at the demographic breakdown of the NBA, right, everyone's talking about equity these days. Everything's got to be equal, equal outcomes, equal this, equal that, right? But if you look at the NBA, the NBA is 74.2% black and only 16.9% white, 2.2% Latino, and 0.04% Asian. So if anything, the NBA is a racist organization that discriminates against Asians and Latinos and white because they're... Their demographic mix does not reflect the society at large, which is what the woke folk always say, right? And I am, like I said before, I am the most woke person that I know. So I know, as woke as I am, that if you look at the NBA and the demographics of the NBA, they do not match society. They are not equal to society. Therefore, it is a racist institution. So they are not equal. And if you want to see tolerance, inclusion, and respect within the NBA, I have an idea. I have a wonderful idea that we can test that. Let's see if they will allow a player, some poor sap who will take this on, right, in this racist institution. Let's see if they will allow some player to put Blue Lives Matter on the back of one of their jerseys, right? Because BLM is all over those stadiums and all over those jerseys and all over everything. So let's see how tolerant and inclusive and respectful other players in the NBA are to one of their own who wears a Blue Lives Matter shirt. Because I damn well guarantee you they are not going to be any of those three things at all. They're going to have a rage millennial hissy fit like no other. Like if Dunkin' Donuts was out of avocado toast and those stupid lattes, those iced coffees, whatever they're selling these days, that kind of rage fit, right? They would have an even worse one than that. If they had to deal with Blue Lives Matter, those spoiled princes of the racist NBA. Silver, appearing on ESPN's Greeny, told host Mike Greenberg that Leonard met voluntarily with the ADL. He also said that the $50,000 fine was the maximum amount he can fine a player for that kind of act. I accept his word that he didn't understand the import of what he was saying, and he's paying a price for it, he said. Well, not too much of a price, now that you mention it, because listen to this, folks. The suspension does not include loss of pay for games missed because Leonard is currently injured, sources confirmed to ESPN's Bobby Marks. He appeared in only three games for the Heat this year and was diagnosed with a season-ending shoulder injury in January. He will still be compensated for the five games the Heat played during his suspension. If he had been healthy, Leonard would have faced forfeiting $324,000. So this guy still gets paid... (laughs) he's out on an injury. We're going to suspend you. How dare you, you you racist anti-Semite there. We're going to suspend you for five games. But you're still going to get paid. Now, don't worry about that. We're going to take $50,000 from you. But you're still going to make three hundred twenty-four. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that really enforces things over there at the MBA. Uh, you folks are so great over there. I'm more woke than you are. <laughs> so, I don't know. I tell you what, though. 29 years old, this kid is. He is a, a multimillionaire NBA star, so he, I guess I can't joke that he is playing video games in his mother's basement like a lot of kids his age, but, you know, he uh, he's sitting there playing video games online and, uh, you know, cursing at his friends, whatever. I mean, that's... But I just don't know. To, to me, it's just strange that, you know, calling someone that word as a pejorative, as an insult... Now, now I know when men get together, you know, straight men, especially young straight men, they want to show how macho they are and how brave they are. And, oh, I'm, I'm super straight and I'm super cool and I'm super this and that. You know, you know, straight guys are, right? They'll call each other like a gay slur. Like, oh, you're a, you know, you're a fag, right? Because that's kind of an insult right? because, uh, to another, you know, macho, extra macho, extra testosterone type of guy. that's like, oh, how dare you call me a fag? I'm not a fag. I'm macho. I bang so many chicks. I'm like, uh, I'm banging chicks so much. I don't even know how I have time to hold down a job. I'm, that's all I'm doing, right? So, that I can kind of see as a uh, as an insult, but I don't know calling someone a that word. I'm not using that word, but you know, calling someone that just that's weird to me. I mean, that just is odd. That uh, I mean, I guess it's not odd because he is capital B black, and we know there is a little bit of anti-Semitism uh, there in the black community. I mean, that is why Minister Louis Farrakhan even has a shtick because his whole shtick is how the Jews are out to get him and out to get everyone, right? The Jews are out to get all the capital B black people. So I guess maybe that has bled over into Myers Leonard world where he thinks insulting someone by calling them Jewish um, is, a, is a cool thing to do. But Myers, you're an idiot. <laughs> Flat out, you're a 29-year-old moron I don't care how much money you make. I don't care about any of those things. You are as dumb as a box of rocks. And again, I apologize to the box of rocks. You're dumber than Meghan Markle. <laughs> That's how dumb you are, you big idiot. Unbelievable, I put Malcolm X. He doesn't even get, uh, I mean, that, is, that isn't even a hand slap. That's like a finger slap. It's like a finger touch. It's like, don't do that again. Not like a slap on the hand, like bad boy, right? It's like, we're going to suspend you for five games, but we're still going to pay you for the five games. And the worst he's got to do is some sensitivity training and, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, that's, but, you know, that reinforces the behavior, doesn't it? From the New York Post, scientists want to send 6.7 million sperm samples to the moon. Good God. I don't even know why I'm reading this, but let's figure it out. Scientists have begun to lay plans for repopulation, starting with a sperm bank on the moon. In what they're calling a modern global insurance policy, mechanical engineers have proposed that humans establish a repository of reproductive cells, sperm and ova, from 6.7 million of our species, including humans. And the proposed bank, or ark, would be beneath the moon's surface. As our planet faces natural disasters, drought, asteroids, and the potential for nuclear war, so I guess we are going back to the 80s then, to name a few troubles, Scientists, and they, folks, they did not even name systemic racism as one of our troubles. And that is the, the trouble on this planet right now is systemic racism. But they couldn't bother to mention this in this article. Scientists say that humans must set their sights on space travel to preserve life as we know it. Earth is a naturally volatile environment, says study author Jaken Thanga, whose team at the University of Arizona submitted their report, Lunar Pits and Lava Tubes for a Modern Arc at the Annual Institute of Electrical and Electrics Engineers Aerospace Conference on Saturday. And that is a whole lot of nerd energy going on right there. Due to the planet's instability, he said, an Earth-based repository would leave specimens vulnerable. As such, Thanger proposed jumpstarting a planetary exodus of sorts 
by founding a human seed vault on the moon as soon as possible. It would store reproductive cells in recently discovered lunar pits from which scientists believe lava once flowed billions of years ago. The so-called Ark, according to Thanga's presentation, would then cryogenically preserve various species in the event of global disaster. We can still save them until the tech advances to then reintroduce these species. In other words, save them for another day. So White Boy Malcolm X, let me just get this right. They're going to take a bunch of sperm and eggs up to the moon and they're going to store it up there because if there is a global disaster, we can go back to the moon and get that sperm and get those eggs and repopulate the earth. But I figure if there's a global disaster, do they, you imagine being one of those people brought to life after a global disaster because your sperm is up on the moon. You'd be like, what the hell did you bring me back here for? This place is a dump. I don't want to go here. Put me back. The only thing I'm going to say about this, if you guys go forward, you folks go forward with this, please, whatever you do, do not, do not take any millennial sperm or eggs. Just completely skip that generation. In fact, skip Gen Z. Just get Gen X sperm and eggs. Just do that. We do not want those folks breeding. If there is a global disaster, the last thing you want to do is bring back an over-entitled millennial to a devastated earth. Because first thing I'm going to be like is, well, where's the avocado test? Where is my iced coffee? Where are my special pronoun lists? I need to know these things because if I'm back here. <laughs> Don't do it, folks. Just do not do that. This is from the Daily Wire. UPenn nursing final exam mandates students ask imaginary patient for preferred pronouns or be docked points. Hmm. More funky pronouns. Who knew? The final exam for a required nursing course at the University of Pennsylvania mandates that students identify an imaginary patient by their preferred pronouns or be docked a letter grade. Students in the University of Pennsylvania's prestigious nursing program are required to take an integrated human anatomy class in order to graduate. According to a rubric obtained by the Statesman, a student-run publication, the anatomy class final requires students to ask the preferred pronouns of an imaginary patient. For the final exam, students must submit a video recording of themselves completing a full-body examination of an imaginary patient. The rubric tells students to begin their interaction by stating full preferred pronouns and title. They must ask the patient for their preferred pronouns as well. According to the rubric, five points may be deducted from the 60-point exam if a student fails to identify the patient's preferred pronouns. That's nearly an entire letter grade. This is a common practice at the prestigious nursing school. Another course syllabus titled Integrated Pathophysiology, Pharmacology, and Therapeutics declares that students who refer to patients by their preferred pronouns are showcasing professionalism. So professionalism, white boy Malcolm X, if you are using someone's preferred special pronouns, you get to do do a fake video. We should do that, white boy Malcolm X. We can put that up on Rumble or something. I'd be like... Hi, my name is Miller, and I am your nurse, and my pronouns are Zizaze. And so I'm here to do your nursing evaluation. And sir, ma'am, non-binary person, can I get your name and gender preferences, please, your special pronouns? Well, I just, and of course, they'll be difficult, right? Because it's me. They just want to be difficult to me, Miller Frost, right? So they're like, I just need my bedpan changed. I'll be like, well, sir, sir, I really need to get your pronouns because, look, I need to get the A, and if you don't give me your pronouns, they're going to dock me five points. Just give me your damn, give me your damn pronouns. He'll be like, fine, my pronouns are F you. <laughs> well, okay, well, I can't complain about that. Okay, F you, let's go. I'll tell you what, though, if I, God forbid, if I ever have to have surgery, have to have something cut out of me, and my surgeon comes in and is like, hi, I'm Dr. So-and-so, and my pronouns are blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, oh, my God, get me another freaking surgeon. 
Get me an adult, please. I just, I, I'm not having some stupid woke child cut something out of me. Get out of here. This is from LifeSite. Speaking of uh, right-wing Christian groups, but I actually haven't been really around the website, but I did pull this article from there. And uh, how's this headline? Activist Milo Yiannopoulos is now ex-gay, consecrating his life to St. Joseph. And folks, I have no idea what consecrating his life to St. Joseph means, but I guess we will find out together. And White Boy Malcolm X, can you believe that that queen, Milo Yiannopoulos, that queen, that flaming effeminate queen, folks, that queen is so nelly. When Milo opens his mouth, a purse falls out. Not even a purse, a whole freaking purse collection falls out of his mouth. That's how effectively nelly this guy is. But he is now ex-gay, White Boy Malcolm X. He is straight. (laughs) He is as straight as the straightest of straight men. Let's find out more about that. Milo Yiannopoulos, the gay man whose conservative messaging and willingness to speak the truth sparked riots on university campuses, may well trigger more outrage now that he describes himself as ex-gay and sodomy-free. <laughs> White boy Malcolm X, this queen is sodomy-free and is leading a daily consecration to St. Joseph online. So we got to tune into that at some point. Two years ago, when church militants Michael Voris famously challenged Yiannopoulos to live a chaste life, Yiannopoulos was not defensive. Instead, he acquiesced and humbly admitted his human weakness. I bet he didn't acquiesce. I bet no other queen wanted to sleep with him. Like, well, nah, I don't want to sleep with you, you tired old. You flaming queen, get out of my face. Right? So he's like, I can't get laid. I might as well just run around and claim that I am pure and virgin. I know everything you're saying, and I'm not just there yet. And I don't know if I'll get there, Yiannopoulos told Voris at the time. It seems that he has now arrived there. And so the rest of this article, folks, is an interview between LifeSite and Milo. And I am not going to read all of it, but I will read you some of the more tasty highlights of this delightful conversation. I, and this is from LifeSite, I imagine that to many who follow you, your recent decision, and actually, folks, by the way, random aside, I followed him on Parlor for, I think, two days. And I was like, this queen is nutty. <laughs> I was like, unfollow. So I guess I missed the whole straight thing, but uh, yeah, he he has a nut job, at least on social media. But anyway, let's let's pick that back up. I imagine that to many who follow you, your recent decision to publicly identify as Milo X gay may seem like a 180 degree turn. Are you also surprised that your life has taken this turn or is it unsurprising, a natural and perhaps inevitable progression in your life? I ask this because over the last few years, things that you've said have hinted at being drawn in this direction. And so this is Milo's answer. When I used to kid that I only became gay to torment my mother, I wasn't entirely joking. Of course, I was never wholly at home in the gay lifestyle. Who is? Who could be? And I can't really argue with them there, folks. I don't know who is. I mean, I'm certainly not, but I'm certainly not straight either. And only leaned heavily into it in public because it drove liberals crazy to see a handsome, charismatic, intelligent gay man riotously celebrating conservative principles. Is it just me, White by Malcolm X, or is that queen also self-delusional? <laughs> Handsome, charismatic, intelligent, I don't know about that. That's not to say I didn't throw myself enthusiastically into degeneracy of all kinds in my private life. I bet you did, honey. I suppose I felt that's all I deserved. I'd love to say it was all an act, and I've been straight this whole time, but even I don't have that kind of commitment to performance art. Talk about method acting. <laughs> you can say that again. So LifeSite asks, in what ways has this impacted your personal and social life? Milo, well, the guy I live with has been demoted to housemate, which hasn't been easy for either of us. 
It helps that I can still just about afford to keep him in Givenchy and a new Porsche every year. Could be worse for him, I guess. So white boy Malcolm X. Milo is straight, but I guess he still has a cat boy at the house. He's got the, he's like, here's the more Givenchy for you and here's a new Porsche for you. But we're not having sex. You're just my, you're my housemate. So go sleep in another room or something. Just get out of here, girlfriend. Just go. Just housemate. Housemate. Remember that. My own life has changed dramatically, though it crept up on me while I wasn't paying attention. I'm someone who responds to micromanagement and accountability, so I found counting days an effective bulk word against sin. In the last 250 days, I've only slipped once, which is a lot better than I predicted I would do. <laughs> that queen, she got herself another man. She's like, oh, I'm so straight. I'm so straight. Okay, just one time. I just have sex with a guy. One time, one time. Just 250 days. I can just do it once. I bet she went big on that one, but... Uh, yeah, okay, she's only, she's straight, but she's only slipped once. So good for you, Milo. So a few folks are out there going, Miller, Miller, man, that Milo's a complete human train wreck, but I'm just, I'm still curious. Why did he concentrate his life to St. Joseph? I'm just, I got to know about all that, right? I, I get everything else, but what about that? So folks, calm down. I'm getting to that right now, literally. Just settle down. Anyway, so they did ask me about that, and this is from Milo. Secular attempts at recovery from sin are either temporary or completely ineffective. Yes, we know that, Queen, because you have already screwed up within 250 days. Salvation can only be achieved through devotion to Christ and the works of the Holy, Catholic and Apostolic Church. St. Joseph is the spiritual father figure of the Holy Family. In this time of gender madness, devoting myself to the male protector of the infant Jesus is an act of faith in God's Holy Patriarch and a rejection of the terror of transsexuals. Trannies are demonic. They are the Gali, the castrated priests of the Cybel, the Magna Mater, who Augustine saw dancing in the streets of Carthage, dressed like women. <laughs> Milo, man, you are in a lot of trouble using words like that. But he continues, because <laughs> that queen ain't done. Don't even get me started on Drag Queen Story Hour. I have only seen those four words to be overwhelmed by the urge to buy rope. And Life Science, last question. Anything else you would like to add? And then from Milo, I have enjoyed a lifelong affection for the absurd and the outrageous, so part of me gleefully anticipates the day I can seize the moral high ground, however briefly, to denounce others for failures of piety and sobriety. I hope people will support and pray for me, if for no other reason than they share my delight in the prospect of Milo Yiannopoulos furiously and indignantly railing against homosexuals for sins of the flesh which Milo also happens to tap into every couple hundred days. But I guess white boy Malcolm X, he is coming after you and me. He is, uh, he is going to indignantly rail against us for sins of the flesh. That silly, flaming, affected queen is going to come after us. Pot, meat, kettle. Let me tell you something, Milo. I dare you to come after me. God. I will slap you down, bitch. I will slap you down like you have never been slapped. You do not screw with Miller Frost. I don't play, honey. I am older, and I, this is not my first time at the rodeo. So bring it. Bring it all on. White boy Malcolm X, she cannot be that star for attention, can she? That she is pulling this straight act. <laughs> Mostly straight act, right? Every couple hundred days, she'll go get that penis. But, <laughs> you know, for the most part, hey, she's got the housemate there. Just the housemate. She still gives that boy Givenchy and a Porsche, but uh, just the housemate. And every so often, she goes out and screws. But uh, I feel bad if he is that star for attention. This is the next act in his life is to be straight. And what do you bet, white boy Malcolm X? I will, you don't even have to answer these questions. They're rhetorical, but we already know the answer, right, sir? I'll tell you what, what do you want to bet six months from now 
They're going to catch Milo at a legs in the air party in Brussels, Belgium. And if you don't know what that is, folks, you really do need to listen to this podcast and keep up. But he will be at a legs in the air party in Brussels, Belgium, and he will be the power bottom of that room. <laughs> he will be on his back, legs in the air. Come and get it, boys. Come and get it. I need I need it good. <laughs> He'll be there having fun. Good old Milo Yiannopoulos getting more attention and getting more men in his bed. He'll be like, oh, I sinned again. Another 250 days for me, but I had like 20 guys. I got it out of my system. I promise, Lord. <laughs> so, Milo, you have fun with that. Bless your, bless your gay little heart if you think you're going to fix that. Good God, white boy Malcolm X. If I ever get like that, please just shoot me. <laughs> Take me to New Hampshire where guns are legal and just shoot me because I'll, I'll mercy kill at that point. God. I hope it. Folks, if I ever come to this podcast, go, look, well, I'm straight now. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm giving up sins of the flesh. I want to just get my podcast out there to more people. <laughs> You'll know that's an act. I am as gay as they come, and I thank God every day that I am gay. Okay, here's our last story, and this is from Fox News. Nebraska mom had sex with daughter's teen, preteen friends at boozy sleepovers, jury finds. So it's kind of a teacher bait story, right? So this. Woman is having sex with her daughter's friends. Let's find out more about that. A Nebraska jury found a 38-year-old mom, a 38-year-old mom, white boy Malcolm X, good God, guilty Wednesday of sexually assaulting her daughter's young friends after grooming them at booze-infused overnight parties. And folks, I don't know what grooming a, uh, a child is like. I have no idea what that means. I don't know what you do. I guess it's plowing full of booze is grooming them to... Uh, to do you, but uh, I guess that's what uh, high school teachers do with their teacher bait. Christina Greer, 38, allowed her 11-year-old to host sleepovers involving a half-dozen children, including the victims, two boys aged 12 and 13. She was found guilty of three counts of first-degree sexual assault of a child, six counts of felony child abuse, and two counts of witness tampering Wednesday. She was cleared of two other charges. Well, (laughs) what she's got already is enough to keep her in jail for a long time. Between 2017 and 2018, Greer let the kids drink alcohol, consume marijuana-laced snacks, and play drinking games, according to the Sarpy County District Attorney's Office. And then she had sex with the boys. (laughs) 12 and 13. Now, I joke around, folks, when they're banging 16 and 17-year-olds. But 12 and 13, that woman is sick. That is sick, sick, sick. Deputy Sarpy County Attorney Philip K. Klein said that Greer's daughter testified that she heard her mother and one of the boys in the bedroom and they were kissing. And I bet she will never unhear that. And a teenage witness testified Greer's daughter had said the boy was having sex with her mom at the time, Klein said. So this daughter is not only having to listen to that, she's running around to her friends going, My mom is having my friends come over and then she's taking those boys upstairs and she's kissing them and she is doing them like they're teacher babe and she's a teacher and I don't know what to do. It's like she's running around telling everyone. <laughs> she's gossiping about her mom, the uh, the groomer of young boys. Then when she became aware of a law enforcement investigation, Greer told the children to delete any evidence from their phones, according to prosecutors. But investigators found explicit images of the mom on one of the victim's phones. You ladies, those boys never erase those images. They like to keep those. They're like, man, I got laid at 12 and 13 years old. I am going to keep that. Greer's daughter also gave damning evidence to prosecutors in 2019, local media reported at the time. Greer's daughter said during a pretrial hearing that her mom had taken her to Walmart to buy margarita mix for one of the sleepovers 
and that she had poured drinks for the children, according to the Kearney Hub, a local news outlet. Greer faces a maximum of life in prison and a mandatory minimum of 45 years when she faces sentencing on April 19th. So 45 years, white boy Malcolm X, a minimum of 45 years for Christina Greer because she, (laughs) of all the kids to groom, the 12 and the 13-year-old, she's looking at that going, that looks delicious. (laughs) She couldn't just wait until they got 18 or something, right? She couldn't wait till they were of age or much closer, like a normal high school teacher (laughs) would, Nope, not her. She's like, yeah, puberty, not out of puberty. I'll take that one. Or I'll take two of them. (laughs) Because one wasn't enough for her. She had to have a sample of two of them. Man, that is sick. I feel bad for that girl. She will always be known, if she doesn't transfer out of that school system, she will always be known as the girl whose mom groomed young boys to uh, diddle upstairs while the rest of them were, I don't know, drinking and doing pot brownies or whatever crap they were doing. She went big to get those kids, I'll tell you what. And on that note, because let's face it, folks, after that, I really don't know what to say. Let's go ahead and plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much for coming by this uh, episode of the Miller Frost Show. Again, I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with white boy Malcolm X, who is, before I forget, he is definitely fake black. Remember, you can also get hold of me via email, Miller at Miller Frost online, and my parlor handle is at Miller Frost. We will be back here on Wednesday for our usual Wednesday podcast. In the meantime, have a good rest of your weekend and a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple days. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.